Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer-Moffitt, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends like my friend, Dr. Judy Jasek on Hump Day is here to tell you that kibble is crap. Would you agree with it that? It is. Absolutely. There's hey. no good kibble. Remember I sent you that that bag of kibble or it was like a raw rev or raw, it was from wellness raw or something. Kibble. Raw kibble. Yeah, like they like it's kibble, kibble, but they put a little little raw on it or something. And it's so interesting how the industry will speak out against raw, but they'll capitalize on it marketing, which tells us that it's gaining some interest out there because they're coming out with products and they wanted that word raw right on the label, even though it was still technically a kibble and I wouldn't recommend the food, but it they're, they're using that word to market. So maybe that's a sign more people are getting interested. Oh, it's just a sign that they're going to try to divert your attention over to sphincter food using our wording (laughs) because I've heard, you know, if you look at the commercials, your dog's ancestors are the wolves, right? And they are. And the wolves are meat eaters. That's why in Blue Buffalo, we've included all this meat. Yeah. Right. Sorry, the noise. But you, I mean, the meat is, is cardboard, really. I mean, we were having this discussion at the warehouse yesterday and And, um, you know, my, some of my employees were like, look, either you eat steak or cardboard sprayed with synthetic vitamins and minerals, because that is what kibble is. And we can say this until we're blue in the face, but there is a mindset. We were talking about mindsets are really what changes your life, your dog's Mm -hmm. life, the world. And you have to look at what is your mindset. And this week, Dr. Jasek, I've seen some mindsets that are stuck. People get very offended when you ask if they're doing, if they've had recent vaccines, if they're doing flea and tick or they're doing heartworm. I just did the lepto, but it's not the lepto. And I had to do the lepto because lepto is so prevalent where we are. Yes, I do vaccines, your favorite, because it's the law. And I said, well, Mm -hmm. here's the thing. I think it's the law pretty much everywhere. But what we know is that there is a huge group of pet parents that are making a different decision about that law. Right, right. I mean, if the laws are damaging your pet's health, you know, sometimes you need to make a decision. Some laws are are not, you know, not appropriate and are no longer appropriate. Maybe at one point they were, I don't know, kind of don't think that way about the rabies, but but when 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 they're causing problems and they're causing harm, you got to push back against them. And maybe that means not following the rules and challenging the the narrative in the best interest of your pet's health. And it's not like I'm telling people we'll just go out and disregard every law that's out there. But when laws don't make sense, how do we get them changed? You have to start pushing back and and speaking out against the the ridiculousness of them. You you have to start doing that sort of thing. And I think I still think if more pet parents went into more clinics and said, I'm not doing this, this, 
this rabies shot. You have, you don't have the right to enforce this. Um, this should be my choice. Um, and I'm, and I'm choosing not to give it. And then if they, if they don't go along with that, then you walk out the door. And I think if more people started doing that might put a little, a little bit of pressure, but if you just go on, because you have to, every time I hear that I have to, I want to like reach into the computer and smack somebody because there are no, I I'm sorry, there are no have tos. It's a choice. And you make, might make your choice because you want to license your dog. You might make your choice because you want to put your dog on an airplane. It's still a choice. You could choose to fly under the radar. You could choose to put your dog in a car and drive it, just not on a hundred degree day. But, uh, you know. <laughs> right. But, just, uh, don't, yeah, just don't even put the dogs in the cars uh, when it is this hot outside. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's don't do that. Yeah. You know what? It really is. I was trying to find... Um, I was trying to find some 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 of these comments that came up this week, um, and I wanted to do a shout out to, and I can't find it now. I will find it to a trainer because uh, Dr. Andy and I were talking about these vaccines and not putting your dog in a situation where they have to have vaccines that you don't agree with, right? Um, and I think I should say that that you don't agree with. Now, you and I don't agree with that for a lot of reasons. One. We have seen the damage that they do because we have a huge control group, a huge body of evidence. That's one. Number two, we tend to listen to the people who are studying vaccines, who make it their life, right? One, Robert Kennedy Jr., regardless of what you think of him, um, he's going to tell you that there are no safety studies around vaccines, right? So if you can find them, if you can find them, he'll retract everything that he's saying, uh, mm -hmm. but we can't find them. Now, he has filed lawsuits and won those lawsuits. So I'm not sure where this idea that this is a conspiracy theory or that it's not true. Right. And that's on those are on childhood vaccines. No, say he challenged Fauci. Come up, show me one safety study in any of the 72 um, childhood vaccines and they could not, they could not come up with any of them. So this is for children. Do you think they're safety testing the vaccines for our pets? I think they're probably just using the industry leftovers that they don't want to put into the kids for whatever reason. And they're just putting that stuff into the pets. There's no safety testing here, not right. none whatsoever. So this trainer, because I think Dr. Andy's statement was, I don't know a trainer that would recommend raw, um, you know, that are, that are, and, and this trainer, and I will find her name and give her a shout out. She actually sent me a note and she said, I was listening to the podcast. Um, I'm a trainer. I absolutely tell my pet parents that, you know, they need to be on raw period, because in the training, they're far more focused. They're not all wow. over the place like kids on crack. And, um, and so, yeah, so thank you for doing that. And I will find her name. Cause I told her, I said, we're going to give you a shout out for that. Um, so we want to shout out to the people that actually are bold, who are actually doing their own education. It was amazing. We're talking about, um, things that people believe. Okay. And, you know, when you believe something, is it really, is it, is it really factual? And I was looking in Dr. Connor Brady's book and he was talking about these so-called 
where the science, where's it scientifically proven? Right. And in his book, he was, he was going over all of these different, like, um, supposedly fact studies, right? These studies. And he said there was one, there was um, a vet was selling this certain kibble that was supposedly better for tooth health, right? A kibble Mm -hmm. better for tooth health, which we know is Mm -hmm. a bunch of crap. And he said, but if a dry food is scientifically proven to outperform another product that the manufacturer makes, shouldn't those vets be taking all of the other products off the shelves, right? Why, if this product is so much better, according to this, you know, study, and um, he said that these uh, inconsequential self-serving in-house and often self-published studies are produced, the scientific validity of the products they support gets more and more established in the general psyche, even mm-hmm. though he is he is shown in this book so many different supposedly scientifically proven um, studies are out there, and he said when you really dig into them, they're they're crap, just like the whole grain and mm-hmm. DCM thing, right? But right. they get in the psyche. Very- I know. I think there's very little, very, very little actual true valid research out there in general, in all of medicine, human pet, it all has an an agenda. And when I hear something about research study said, blah, blah, blah. The first two questions I ask who did the study and who paid for the study? Because almost always there are interests. I remember, you know, when I was in vet school, I mean, that veterinary schools do a ton of research funded by, and usually it's like testing different drugs. It's funded by these big companies. Well, do you think those companies want to find an outcome that says, oh, don't sell this drug? Or they say, oh yeah, this is safe and effective and look how, you know, look how many billions of dollars you can make doing it. I and mean, the university went saying that, but the company knows, hey, if I get this income and maybe I'll pay a little more for the study if you, you know, if if you can generate the results that we're looking for. Because that's is what happens. And that's the real world. And that's why, and then this information is like you were saying, Didi, it's like this whole thing with the grain and the, and the DCM been disproven. Are people still being told that all the time? Cardiologists. I mean, I have people tell me all a cardiologist that I have to feed my dog a food with grain. So even though that's been completely disproven now, that's propaganda is still out there and it gets into the mindset of the profession and especially certain specialties and it'll take years, probably decades before that's no longer being said. So stuff really sticks and so frustrating to me to look at professionals, medical professionals that that just don't even think, that don't ask the question, why, why does a dog need grain? They just believe it. Like this is what you tell your your, um, your clients, dogs now need grain to have a healthy heart and they don't question anything. Like, where's your, where's your curiosity? You know, are you, you're making recommendations just based on propaganda? Like why bother going to vet school? Just believe the, go to, go to pharmaceutical marketing school. Cause that's really what the, it's really what the medical professionals are doing is they're marketing, pharmaceuticals, aside from, you know, surgeons, people that, you know, obviously that requires a different skill set, but in general practice, 
they're just drug dealers and everything's so algorithmic, you know, as long as they can do all these testing, they come up with a diagnosis, they name it like in cancer, they name it, they stage it, they, then they have, you know, once they have the name, they have to do all these expensive tests so they can name it. And then they have a protocol for that name. They treat the diagnosis, they treat the name and all that anymore comes from the computer. They don't even have to use their, their brain. They run all these tests. You can dump all the results into some software program. Okay. This is, this is what you're, uh, this is what you're treating. Here's your treatment options. They don't have to, they don't have to think. And I think that's really what's going on. And medical professionals, I think both human and veterinary are, just don't think anymore. They don't, they don't think they just follow whatever protocols or standard of care that's going to keep them from losing their license. It's, it's really pathetic. It's really quite pathetic. Well, and it makes it very difficult for um, doing what you do and I do. And, you know, I've, I've kind of started questioning um, how, how deep I should try to be helping pet parents. Right. And I, what I mean is by this, people want to get on a, on a raw diet, right. And they've got all these issues going on. And they've been with a former raw dog food company, right? And now they're like, my dog didn't do well. And so I'm coming over here. You and I know it's probably doesn't have anything to do with that other company's food. And so we start questioning rabies, flea and tick, heartworm, any kind of pharmaceuticals. People get very offended by those questions. They get very offended by those questions. They, however, do not have a clue how damaging they are to the dogs, how damaging those toxins are. They have no idea. So my question to myself and the way that we have operated is, do I just say I give up? I give up trying to help educate in that arena and just sell them food. Um, what do I do? Because I probably tick off a lot of pet parents. You know, I was at I was at a trial for Schutzen this weekend, the type of uh, training that Lazi goes through. And we were watching the trials. And one of the guys I was saying, is your dog here? And he said, no, we think my dog may have cancer. I said, really? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a four-year-old German Shepherd. Mm. And I said, why do you think the the dog has cancer? The first signs were lethargy and the dog didn't want to eat. Dog's not on a raw Mm. diet. Um, Mm -hmm. I said, well, what did the blood work say? Blood work was perfect. I was like, and they said, but Mm. they did, you know, uh, a scan and they see something in the lung and they think that it may be something in the lung. I said, was your dog coughing? I mean, it was just the weirdest thing. It was like, no, he couldn't come up with anything. But Mm, I did say, yeah, I did say, you know, if you will, you know, remove all the toxins out of the body, you might see this dog turn around. He looked at me like I was an idiot. Like you could see in his head, he was thinking, hey, I've already been over to VRCC. I've already been to the the cardiologist. You know, they say this, you're just a dog food salesman. So thanks, but no thanks. And, and, and so it's sort of, I feel like in this business, Dr. Jasek, the way we did during COVID, when we were saying, mm-hmm. why are you wearing that mask? Don't you know the masks are very detrimental to your health? Are you sure you want to get that shot? Do you know what's in it? People looked at us like we were crazy. So yeah. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think I should do? 
Well, you know what, that's a, that's a toughie, you know, like I was saying, you know, I, I run into some mindsets, new clients coming in that are willing to come in and pay for consults, but they're really not a good fit because they still have this conventional mindset. And so I think you, you I mean, I think to a certain extent, if people don't want to hear what you have to say, you're wasting your breath, first right. of all, right. especially if they're getting offended. So why, why do you think people get offended by that? But when you ask them about the vaccines and because they've done it because they're doing it because I want to feel guilty about it. Well, yeah. And, and I think it is this, who do I believe? You know, who do I believe uh, if I'm going to um, have a traditional protocol uh, for my dog, a traditional health protocol for my dog, and I'd like my vet, then I cannot, I cannot allow that information to come into my brain because that will cause cognitive dissonance, right? That's going to make me feel confused, right? I'm confused. And then, you know, if uh, it, it, for instance, in this, in this pet parent who was talking about leptospirosis, oh, we've got this outbreak. We've got this outbreak in my area. It's very prevalent. And I want to say, where is the actual documentation? What are the pathogens? What is the back? You know, we're just not yeah. based, based on what, there. because, because people hear that stuff on the evening news or, you know, whatever propaganda machine they're listening to. And they hear that. And they just, again, don't question. Well, who, who knows that? Like the vet says, Oh, there's a lepto outbreak. You got to do this. People are afraid that they make decisions based on fear. Where's the veterinarian getting that information from? It's propaganda, most likely from the um, from the pharmaceutical companies, you know, selling the vaccines, but, you know, getting back to your, your, your question about how, how much do you help? I mean, I think you have to, you have to find customers that have the right mind or a mindset that's a fit for your company. And like I was saying, I'm going to, you know, put together a video um, about, you know, would you be a good fit fit for our practice? Cause I think we get some people in that, aren't. And I respect people's choices, but if people have a conventional mindset and they're just looking for the next magic bullet, like, you know, they maybe have done some chemotherapy, they've done some conventional treatment, say it's a cancer patient and that's not working. Now we're the Hail Mary pass. Well, holistic care doesn't work well that way because it takes time. And there's been so much damage done by the conventional care that in most cases we can't we can't play catch up, you know, it's, it's going to be very difficult to help that pet. So maybe those people should just stay on the conventional side. You know, they might be happier that way. It'd be a lot less frustrating for us as opposed to clients that understand that come to me and say, no way in hell am I doing chemo. I'm not going to do that. I already feed a raw diet, you know, and, and I, and I already, you know, I, I, don't vaccinate. Maybe the pets had a couple rabies shots or something, but they don't do the one size fits all um, routine. But now I've got this cancer diagnosis. Well, and they're like, I, I want to do this holistically. That's my ideal client because I can help them. And I'm going to stand a much better chance of helping that pet. And even though, you know, people will say, but I did all this stuff that I thought was right. And my pet still got cancer. And I say, yes, that may be true, but we are so much better positioned now to help your pet because you've got that healthy foundation. Those are the people 
that I want to work with because I feel like I actually have a chance to be effective. If people are on the conventional side and like, you know, I see cancer patients going to the vet and get vaccinated. Like, are you kidding me? And like a lot of that's on the vet, but, but people don't stand up and say, no, I'm not doing this. They say, I had to, I had to the vet made me do it. You know, I had to, I'm going to go in an airplane. I had to do it. Um, I want people that are going to say, no, I'm not, I'm not doing these conventional treatments. I, I'm going to do a different way in our, in our sound in that belief. So maybe you need to delineate, you know, what is the, what is your ideal client and put that out there to the universe. And then the universe will send you those people. Right. <laughs> As right. We were talking about this for the, before the show and putting our intention. I mean, that's what I'm working because I'm working through the same thing because I just get so blasted frustrated when, you know, people like I, I work with them and then I'll hear from them and they've been in three different conventional vets and now they're on all these other conventional treatments. And like, there's just not that much we can do in that case. And they get chemo and then they stop eating and then, you know, and they go, well, they can't have chemo because they're, I mean, they can't have raw food because they're getting chemo because now their immune system is so surprised. I had a client you know what to do chemo you know something's dangerous when they require blood work before they do a treatment they have to make sure that the pet's blood numbers are staying high enough and so this particular client went in and the dog's white blood cell count was very very low because chemo wipes out the bone marrow in some individuals so he writes and he says is there something i can add to the diet to help with that and i'm just like <laughs> just give me the next thing to give the pet, right? And I go, how about if we stop poisoning it in the first place? You know what I mean? It's just, so it's mindset. And I just feel like I, you know, I'm at the point in my career that there's just certain types of people I want to work with. And I'm going to figure out how to find those people and market to those people and maybe weed out some of the others. Cause it's not helping them. It's frustrating for us it's not really helping the people because they're going to probably move on and go back to doing their conventional stuff anyway, you know? Um, so I don't know. That's where, that's where I'm going with, with that. Cause it's, it's really hard to work with people that just don't, don't want to say, you know, they, people feel guilty because they did the vaccines. Okay. But did you learn something? You know, now they're not healthy. Just do it differently going forward. You know, I can't fault people for not knowing any differently but if you know differently and you just, or you hear different information and you just like, I don't want to hear, I, you know, la, 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 la. I don't like that. I don't like those words. So I'm not, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to take in that information. I'd rather believe this because then I won't feel guilty. Whereas, you know, if you say, wow, I didn't know that. And now I know, and now I'm going to do different, d differently going forward. Like to me, that's, I don't know. That's, that's being a much better advocate for your pet than just putting the blinders on because you don't want to feel bad. And I, and I think that people have ideas that are incorrect. For example, I had the sweet uh, pet parent call me and he lives in Austin. And uh, he said, you know, I just uh, been listening to, you know, the podcast and he calls and he talks to us and he, but he had this concern. He said, I want to know if I move away from Austin, okay, and I haven't vaccinated my dog, will I have to uh, get my dog vaccinated if I move to Georgia? And I'm like, well, 
who who would know that? I mean, there's not like this yet, this centralized system that tracks you and says you have a dog that we have seen that hasn't been vaccinated, so we're going to come after you. I'm like, he really had this fear that Mm -hmm. if he moved, because he was secure where he was, wasn't vaccinating his dog, wasn't doing all the traditional stuff. If he moved to another state, would somehow the pet police be on his mm-hmm. tail? And I said, well, what do we go to the vet for? What are we going for? Right? I, I understand if you have to go to an emergency clinic, like I did with Lozzie when she cut her leg, right? Mm-hmm. Then they're just going to ask you, what do you feed? I feed kibble. Are Are you updated on your vaccines? I certainly am. Right. Yeah. Um, and and that's what I say. And 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 so the thing about it is. I was just I felt for him because he really felt like there was some agency yeah. that was going to find out and take his dog. And I said, that is not the realistic way that the world works at the moment. Right. 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 But that's but that's the fear propaganda out there. I mean, that's that's even just the the reason people vaccinate like, oh, my God, there's all these little viruses out there just waiting to attack your dog. It's like, no, there has to be certain exposure and there's certain risk factors and certain ages like parvo is extremely rare in adult dogs. Um, There's different risk factors. But no, the industry that sells vaccines just wants you to be afraid, afraid, afraid. And and I've heard like, especially with rabies, because they keep this, this narrative going that it's required and it's the law. And I've heard people say, well, I, I, you know, I've been, I've, I've got a hunting dog. I have to do rabies because I've heard that they're doing like random checks. And if they find a dog that isn't vaccinated for rabies, they just euthanize it on the site, uh, on the spot. And like, I no. kind of doubt that. I mean, I didn't know one way or another, but because I'm not in that world, but I'm like, to doubt that that's true. I think that's just fear. Even even in the case of dog bites, because I've run into this specifically, they don't take the dogs and euthanize them. They'll do a quarantine, usually done in the home. If the dog doesn't have a rabies shot, current rabies shot, usually it's like 10 days and you take the vet or take the dog into the vet and then they check it and say, yes, the dog's showing no signs of rabies, therefore would not have transmitted at the time of the bite, usually be required to get a shot at that point. Um, but I, I've never seen a dog be euthanized because of, of a bite. Now, if it was an overtly aggressive dog attacks and kills a person or something like that, those animals would probably be deemed too dangerous to, you know, continue on with. But for most bites are, you know, it's the mailman or the UPS man or, you know, kids pulling the dog's, you know, putting his face down in the food dish or pulling the dish away from the dog or something. And there's a trigger, you know, so there might be some, some training issues, but I, a lot of this fear, I just like, like you said, who's, who's really looking. I mean, we moved to Tennessee in May, nobody showed up at the door saying, Hey, you got a rabies shot for that dog. You know, like, you know, it's like, I, I don't think there is no vaccine police. It's really, if there's a problem, if your dog's running at large in a populated area, here where I live, everybody lets their dog run around, you know, <laughs> they, no get they get yeah, to be yeah, dogs. They get to be dogs. Matter of fact, we had, um, 
we had a hand pump installed on our on our on our well and there was a problem with guys are out here working and I see this black lab out there with them and I thought oh they brought their dog to work you know and they just let the dog out of the truck and everything and and I walked down there to to talk to them and they said oh we found a friend and I just assumed it was their dog they assumed it was my dog turns out it was the neighbor <laughs> the street's dog who had like seen some friends it was a Labrador brought his stick over like hey you guys want to throw the stick for me <laughs> you know but that's, you know, it's just what people people do here. So in the city, though, dog would be picked up for, you know, running off leash out here. There would probably be no issues unless a dog actually bit somebody. So if you're careful with your dog, you train your dog, um, you know, that, that that especially dogs that can be a little more protective, like German Shepherds, make sure they know what appropriate behavior is. And, and then you're not going to, to run into those, run into those problems. Um, it really probably the worst scenario is a reported bite. So I did have a client that their, her dog bit the uh, Amazon delivery guy and went to the hospital, the bite was reported and it, it was a real headache. Now she didn't lose her dog, but she had to go to court and everything. And it was a real, um, headache for her. But again, we do need to teach our dogs appropriate behavior and, kind of just you know fly out fly under the radar okay but this doesn't make sense to me dr jasek if 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 a dog let's take that amazon guy he got bit shouldn't we quarantine him because i mean if 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 the dog has rabies it's going to show up in the person and the person's going to go mad i don't know i mean but it seems like we're why, why are you quarantining the dog i mean if the if the dog has rabies you know, he has rabies. And there are some people that will say, well, yes, but it, you know, it stays in the body and then it's got to come up through the spinal cord and go into the brain. Then it comes down to the saliva. So that takes, you know, 10 days. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I so mean, he- that's the, that's the flaw. I mean, the reasoning behind it is that if that dog could have been transmitting rabies at the time of the bite, it will for sure, maybe it wasn't showing any symptoms then, but for sure within 10 days, it will be showing symptoms. That's the theory behind it. Does it really make any sense though? It doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have to make sense. I mean, that's just the rules. And has there ever been a situation like that? I will tell you what happened to my father back when he was a child. There was supposedly a dog who had rabies running in the neighborhood. I don't even know if my father got bit, but here he is, this young, you know, child, they took him and he got all those shots in the stomach. Well, mm, yeah. he got encephalitis, swelled oh, up his brain. Geez. He had to be taught how to talk all over again. Then what happened? Supposedly he got polio. So guess what? He gets all the vaccinations for polio. Oh, no. Then guess what? My father got cancer and died at 47, right? Yeah. So when I look back on that, um, I'm just like, wow. What a bunch of missteps, you know, but this is what was going on. And uh, yeah, I mean, life cut short, life yeah, cut short, 47. Yeah. Or or to put it even, even more bluntly murdered by the medical industry. Right. Now there's it's a lot really of people. What it was. Right. And a lot of people like, how dare you say that? Well, prove me wrong. Prove right. me wrong. Right. In the case of this, this four year old German shepherd that they think has cancer. Now, here's the other thing. I mean, 
just the assumption that your dog has cancer. And I said, I'm sure that's a couple of thousand. He goes, oh man, it's many thousands of dollars that they have spent on this dog and they have no true results. They have no, um, and, and, and yet when you say, take all the toxins out of the body, stop poisoning the body, stop feeding them crap that they don't want to eat. And let's see if this dog turns around. It's like, how dare you? How dare you even in insinuate that what I'm doing is the problem. And not only is it what they've been doing, and I think what people don't realize, people say, well, I've been doing this forever and there's never been a problem. Like that's right. exactly the point is because you have been doing it and you've been gradually increasing the toxicity in your pet and you're damaging them year after year and month after month with all these vaccines and all these preventatives. And the toxicity does build up and the damage does become accumulative. And as pets get older, especially their bodies cannot handle that level of, of toxicity. You know, sadly, we're seeing dogs diagnosed, you know, younger and younger with cancer, which I think speaks to the increased toxicity um, in the vaccines. But, you know, another comment I wanted to make on this dog that, you know, they're like, cause so they're telling this, pet parent that, that this dog has cancer, but they haven't really, you know, define, you know, definitely definitively diagnosed it. I say that a lot more and more and more, and especially with all of this lymphoma. And I think a lot of these dogs are being diagnosed with lymphoma and because lymphoma used to be like really blatantly obvious. You see a dog come in, they've got lymph nodes just just so big and painful and they can hardly move their neck. And in a few weeks, they're gone. There just wasn't much you, you could do to help those pets. But now I'm seeing all these variations. How people say, my dog is diagnosed with lymphoma. Were the lymph nodes enlarged? Well, no, uh, it's, it's in the organs. And I'm like, well, what did they find? And they go through all the labs I'm like, well, Maybe the spleen was a little enlarged or something. And then I go through all the questions. I think these dogs are just toxic as hell. And mm -hmm. the, the immune system is just blown up because of the toxicity, because it's, I know from reading pathology reports, there's sometimes kind of a fine line between reactive lymphocytes and actually calling it lymphoma because lymph nodes are normal, right? It's lymphoma is and they get big and, and large and they have, they find abnormal cells in them. I think there's a really fine line between these extremely in, inflamed lymphocytes and what they actually call cancer. And I, I would say that probably in a lot of these cases, if we just could get in, stop poisoning the pets and, and detoxify them, that we might send a much better chance in treating them than doing chemo. The, I mean, I read the sheets from the oncologist and it's like, oh, lymphoma is, you know, highly responsive to chemotherapy. It's, you know, one of the most, one of the cancers that responds, you know, the best to chemotherapy and here's what you can expect. So like all positive and cheery, like this is some great therapy. So people hear that and they're scared because their dog now has this cancer diagnosis. And, and so they jump on the, on the chemotherapy train. And I, I think it's the worst thing. They're already toxic. So what do we do? We just poison them more. And, but you visually like lymph nodes, yeah, they'll shrink in size. But I, I just don't even think that some of what we're seeing is true lymphoma. I mean, I can't prove that, but the clinical behavior has changed so much that I, and, and I just think it all comes down to 
toxicity. I actually had a pet parent tell me their dog was doing great. Had gone through chemo, had, you know, we were doing holistic stuff and this pet had just done exceptionally well. And the oncologist even said, okay, we're, you know, we're good. You know, everything's in, in remission, but they want to do preventative chemo. And she's like, do you think I should keep my dog on chemo at this point? I'm like, no, we don't want to keep your dog on chemo. Your dog's doing great. Let's not let its body heal. And, but they don't want to lose the money. So they're like, oh, well, you know, this dog's still alive. How can we figure out how to keep pumping chemo into it and keep charging them for it? But that's it's, what they do to people, right? Yeah. That is exactly what they do to people because I know somebody right now who is, you know, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. All right. They have stated you have to stay on chemo for the rest of your life. Okay. To this yeah. person. Now, every single time that they go in and do the chemo, they're sick. They can't even stand up they They can't eat. They can do nothing. Then the next step is they go back and they do the shot to pump up the white blood cells. Because again, we've just wiped out the white blood cells whose job is to take the trash out and, and take the toxins out. Right. And you and I have discussed this that we have no idea what that time frame is. Is it super uh, conductor type injections that, you know, cause the white blood cells to just come alive from that injection? And then you go back in two weeks and do it all again. At what point can the body just absolutely not sustain that anymore? Right. It's like it's like putting your your foot on the brake and the accelerator at the same time. You're going to burn out your engine. You know, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. And if what you're doing is poisoning the body and causing this, then maybe we need to stop doing that and allow the body to heal. Cause it's impossible to be healthy without the, without those white blood cells. It just, it, it doesn't make any sense, but a whole, there's a whole industry and a whole lot of money made promoting that, you know, that line of reasoning and those therapeutics. I mean, think about it. Think about what we see on TV, Dr. Jacek. We see pharmaceutical after pharmaceutical. And yes, they're they're doing those disclaimers, may cause tongue swelling, may cause your head to go, you know, sideways, but it's great for you. You can go to all these parties and you can still go skating and blah, 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 blah. Right. That's sort of the way they do it. How much do we see on TV healthy eating, detoxifying? Um, you know, detoxifying the body and here's how you do it. And here's how you get natural vitamins and minerals. And here's what the sun does. And here's what fresh air. Never. You don't hear that. Now that should be a clue. Ding, 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 ding. Right. Right. Absolutely. But, but the, the, the mindset as Dr. Connor Brady is saying in his book, and as you were saying, the marketing has hijacked the mind to be able to think logically. There's no amount of poison, right? We can't keep taking poison and heal. So when you were talking about, are you a good fit for your practice? There, you're the last ditch effort. You're the Hail Mary after they've done all the, the toxins. And then mm -hmm. they expect you to come out being the winner. And what happens is our protocols fail because they're too far gone. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and then, then it's like, oh, that holistic work. stuff, that holistic stuff doesn't work. That raw right. food just made my dog sick. You know, 
but they've actually got diarrhea because of the chemo, but you know, it's, it's, it's the food, but yeah, absolutely. And then it disproves it. And that's another reason why I want to work with the people cases that were set up for success. And we stand a much better chance of, of helping, of helping the pet. Well, this one, yeah, with the pet parent and this one, um, incident, they were giving interceptor, right? Interceptor. If you Mm -hmm. look on interceptor, it has a certain ingredient in it that is extremely dangerous. And it says right there, bloody diarrhea. One of the, one of the issues. Now I'm not saying that that was the cause, but come on, you're giving that every single month, every single month you are saying here, my precious puppy, my precious senior, let's just poison your system a little bit more because I want to make sure you're here with me longer because I love you. Right. What? Doesn't make, doesn't make much sense. Does it? It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I think a lot of these preventatives too are just fear. Yeah, Cause I've been talking to, I talked to people in different areas and some people are like, Oh, I have to do the flea and tick. There's another have to, I have to do it. Cause we've got fleas here. I'm like, do you see fleas? Well, no, no, not really. How about ticks? You ever see them around? <laughs> oh, occasionally, but not a big problem. And so maybe we should not do these poisons unless you actually, you know, have a, have a problem with, with these, with these bugs, but they're told that it's out there. It's a risk. They're afraid. And that these products, they're told that these products are safe. So they do them anyway. But then I can talk to some clients in some areas that I've heard other people say, oh my gosh, that, you know, mosquitoes and the fleas are horrible here. Like, do you have a problem? Did you do the preventative? No, they don't do any of that stuff. Do you have a problem? Do you see, no, ever see them? Like, you know, maybe a tick here and there, a few mosquitoes, but you know, we like people will figure out, well, there's like an hour in the evening where the mosquitoes are the most active. We just keep our dog in and they use the, you know, natural repellents. And it's like, it's a non-issue. So it's like, huh, isn't that interesting? You know, it's just, again, different mindset, same area, you know, uh, should be similar risks, but a completely different mindset. And this pet parents poisoning their pet month after month, because they're so afraid this one's like, nah, I don't think it's enough of an issue to worry about given all that stuff. Plus it's expensive. You know, people, people spend a lot of money on that stuff. So yeah, yeah. People have to stop. I, don't, don't make decisions based in fear. If you're fearful, don't make a decision at that point. If you're making a decision based on fear, wait and get more information and get better informed um, so that you're doing it logically and from getting more facts because if you're just doing an emotional knee jerk, those are usually not the best decisions. Right. Right. And, and uh, the best way to overcome your fear is to get educated. Well, tell us a little bit about, you got some new things coming up. You're going to have a sub stack pretty soon that people can subscribe to, and you can get great information directly from Dr. Judy Jasek. Tell us a little bit about that. Yep. I'm really, I'm really excited. Um, I'm looking for more ways to get more information out because um, you know, education is, is key. And the more I can get information out to people that may not be finding me, um, you know, to come in for an, a, an appointment, but I can get out on some uh, different platforms where people might be able to get some of this information and then we can help more pets. So yeah, my plan is to do, I'd like to do a combination of, you know, some writing 
uh, maybe some videos, some podcasts. So, and then I'll have a, a free, um, some free stuff, and then also be a paid paid membership for nominal fee a month. And 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 I, you know, I intend on making it good value. There'll be a lot of good information that goes out there, and this will just be things that I've learned in practice. Maybe highlighting some cases and talking about, you know, new you know, ways of treating cancer, which I see a lot of. And some of these things that we talk about on the podcast, you know, be just a different way of getting that information out there and just kind of opening people's eyes to what's really going on in, in the industry. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm excited to be getting more information. I'm just figuring out the logistics of Substack, but I spent some time with it this weekend. So I think, I think I hate learning new technology, like more than anything in this world. I hate, right. like I would pay somebody just sit with me for an hour and just hold my hand and just make this happen. But right. But no, I persevered and, and I, you have to be, you have to do it when you're in the right mindset to do something like, like at the end of the day, after I've been working all day and I try to figure out Substack, like I just get frustrated. But yesterday I'm like, okay, just going to take some time, carve out a couple hours to say, I'm just going to do this. And uh, I think it's coming together. So it should be ready pretty soon. I'll let you know when the um, when it's ready to go. Nice. And get it signed up over at ahavet.com. Okay. So when that Substack is ready to go, you will be ready. Um, and also, listen, we are going to do a cancer webinar next week. Um, and okay. so next week, next week, we're doing Dr. Joseph's cancer webinar. We're going to get that out to you. So if you want that information, um, make sure that you come over and sign up for our email. And we really appreciate all of you listeners out there that tell other people about the Raw Dog Food Truth podcast. There's such great information here um, from all of the experts. It can save you time, money, and maybe your dog's life, maybe your cat's mm -hmm. life. And uh, I, I, I say that with all um, sincerity and honesty. I totally believe it. Why? Because I've seen it. I've seen it, right? right? Yeah. And, and we get emails from people that say, your podcast, Dr. Jasek, um, all of the experts that we have, that information opened up my eyes. It taught me to think a different way. I went a different way and my dog couldn't be healthier. So right. if you have friends That's out there, awesome. tell them about the Raw Dog Food Truth podcast, okay? Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, guys. We can make it easy on you. Uh, it really doesn't matter where you start. I know you're going to ask me the question anyway. I have this breed. I have this issue. Where do I start? It's pretty basic. Just get you a PMR and HVM and off you go, right? Go for it. Off you go. Right. It's no big deal. Yep. It's no big deal. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Get over to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Go check on that chicken, Dr. Jacek. We'll see you I next will. week. She got a bum toe. <laughs> I got to go check on her. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.